the grandmother comes by and moves the bumblebee necklace because she likes it and she just likes to hold it and play mm-hmm. with it or whatever. Sorry if it upset you. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, it's not a big point of the movie. <laughs> I know, I'm afraid of ruining a movie from no, 1996 for everybody. <laughs> also, they killed the mother of dragons. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Welcome to Hey You Know It. My name is Jaquetta Sotmari and I'm here with my co-host, Katie Kazmier. Hey You Know It is a podcast that tells you how it is or how it should be. You can listen to Hey You Know It on iTunes, a new episode every Monday. And here they are, Jaquetta and Katie. So we're doing uh, all summer tales, all tales, all the time, tales from Dirt Campfire. Tales from Dirt Campfire. Yeah, what is What is the summer without a good campfire and some exactly. tales? Um, so Tales from Dirt Campfire is a segment, or in this case, an entire podcast, in which we find tales on the internet of the paranormal, ghost stories, fake lore, folklore. Scary stuff. All the stuff, supernatural and paranormal, and we bring it to you around the digital campfire, so gather around, everybody, mm-hmm. and get gather ready for around, all listeners. tales. It's going to scare your socks off. Yeah. I tell you, when I prepare for these shows where we... we Did you creep yourself I out? I creep myself out all the time. I can't... I, I <laughs> luckily I was so exhausted last night that I did fall asleep okay. before I had to turn on the light again because I usually will have to sleep with the light on well, after happens. reading this stuff because some of it is some creepy. of it's creepy. So I don't know how creepy my stuff is. So I I, I will let you start. No, go off. ahead. I would I okay. would like you to start. with So something. I have one here from uh, an author called Lucivar. That's his nom de guerre. Lucivar. Lucivar from California. <laughs> Lucivar. It's like this German musical. techno demon. Exactly. <laughs> um, the paranormal category for this is non-human entity. Okay. Uh, so he says his name is Lucivar, but we can. It has taken me quite a while to work up the resolve to type this story. I love a wind-up. Yeah. Let me introduce myself. Hello. All right. Hello. My name is Jedediah, a.k.a. Lucivar. Okay. I am 28, and I live in American Canyon, California. Who the hell named you with both of those names? <laughs> no. Jedediah Lucivar Smith <laughs> Jr. This story is not a ghost story. At least I don't think it is. All right. But it it is an account of my first brush with the paranormal. The brush. Yes. (laughs) I'm a firm believer in the paranormal, always have been. And one day my belief was fortified. That day was when I saw what I believed to be a hellhound. Ooh. So I picked this story because when I was where I'm from, there are a lot of hellhound stories. And we used to tell them about around the campfire, and inevitably, a few people would hide in the woods, and during parts of the story that were particularly scary, they would growl okay. or rush at you, and it was always very scary. So this occurrence took place three days after my 25th birthday, about the middle of summer. It was a brisk night in my hometown of American Canyon, where Jedediah Lucivar kicks it. While walking home from the local market, I hear a deafening howl. Then I catch a glimpse of what I thought was a large dog. I just like to preface this story by: Have you ever seen dogs, like scary dogs, running around in a town before? No. It only happened to me once, and I was terrified. 
I kept seeing them. It was in Eastern Hungary. I kept seeing a couple of large dogs running by, and I was like, if I don't get inside of a shop, oh, you really? Know what I mean? Okay, yeah. no, I never had that. I had a rabid dog experience, but yeah. not like so. What it's you're unnerving about. when you see this kind of like in the periphery because you have the feeling that you're being hunted. Oh, that's right, scary. because yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. happens. Um, that catch a glimpse of what I thought was a large dog. I assumed it was one of the many stray dogs in my neighborhood, but as I continued, I saw the same large dog. This time, I got a better look at it. I was unnerved because of the dog's size and appearance. It was about the size of a small bear. Ooh. The build of the dog was like that of a Rottweiler, with fur that was the darkest black I've ever seen, like it was made of pure shadows. So we've encountered this before, when something is so black that it seems to suck in all of the light. Yeah. Right? Uh, with piercing, glowing red eyes. Now, at this point, he must have been tipped off that it was not a regular dog. Yeah, that would do it, yeah. Eyes that seemed to peer... Into my very soul. Oh. Very my <laughs> the own. Very. The dog's... The veriest tor- soul he has. <laughs> the dog's torso was tangled in what looked like barbed wire. After I saw it, the dog then darted away with incredible speed. At this point, I was quite scared. I continued on my way home. I'm like, dude, you should have hot-footed it. Yeah. <laughs> what are you kidding? I continued on my way home and found myself dreading each corner, fearing another sighting of the hellish creature. I had almost made it home when the beast appeared again. This time it stood directly in my path. I was frozen with fear, hair standing on end, I clo- and I closed my eyes, fearing an attack. <laughs> really? I closed my, my eyes, eyes, fearing an Did attack. Did he throw up his hands? Yeah. <laughs> Did he pull the covers over his yeah. head? That's like a... Uh... It started to growl, a deep rumbling growl, one that he felt deep in his soul. Okay. And I... I felt my legs turning to name Brangelo, I guess here. I don't know what compelled me to do so, but I started praying. Yeah, this that has never occurred to me when something bad is about to happen is to pray. No. Um, kissing my ass goodbye, yes, that occurs to me. All right, kick and punch. Kick and punch. Yeah. Hoof it. Yeah. To make, uh, so he started praying uh, to make the beast leave, but the growling intensified. And it seemed as if the growl pulsated through my mind, doing everything in his power to stop me from praying. I continued to pray and continued to pray. This goes on that he prayed for like two minutes. And he just says that he does so. The growl slowly dissipated. When I finally opened my eyes, all that was left was scorch marks. Ooh. <laughs> from where the dog stood. Oh. I was terrified and shaking as I rushed home to lock the door. When I turned around, I'm greeted by a pitch black dog, but it was her, his Labrador. Oh. Mia. Oh. Um, hey, after baby. that night, I just wanted nothing more than to relax and not to think about what happened. So I turned on the TV, some, some background noise, and it was Animal Planet. This is not a good move. No. Of course, the episode was about hellhounds, and they were describing uh, what they described sounded eerily similar to what I encountered. To this day, I have yet to see the same dog or another like it. So this begs the question, what did I see? A hellhound? A. B. Spectral creature? C. Some sort of demon. Okay. I will never know, but then again, I'm not sure that I want to. I have a few other related experiences with the paranormal that I may post at a later date. I'm trying to decide whether or not I'm ready to relive these experiences by writing them down. Thank you, Jedediah Lucivar. Of, wow. Um, California. Interesting. California. So, yeah, hellhounds. I find that it is 
there's something about because I'm not afraid of dogs. And we talked about you had fear of dogs. I'm afraid. But you of, seem to be okay. Right. But I'm afraid of dogs, so I'm just like, yeah, great, another dog that I'm afraid of. Okay. So I'm not terribly afraid because it's not. So you've normalized your fear by it's being all, like, when I see dogs, I'm going to be afraid. It doesn't anyway. mean that the dog is right. It's from hell. That it's from hell, for example. Yeah. It, it doesn't matter. I'm afraid of them all, so I'm like, great. But there are, I've never had um, a big dogs. I have had poodles, shih tzu, and then little tiny mixed dogs mm-hmm. from the pound. I have never been particularly comfortable about having a very large dog in the house, mm-hmm. unless it's a lab, because labs, I grew up around labs, and they seem really friendly to me. Mm-hmm. So I would never think of a lab as a hellhound, but definitely something like a Rottweiler that has, you know, a dog that is known to, like, eat people. Yeah, yeah. No. Or, like, a dog with a very large head and, and jaw. jaw. Yeah, I don't like that. And I don't like any dog that, if it stood up on its hind legs, could be taller than me. Yeah, that's... Which is, you know, quite a lot of dogs at my height. Yeah, that's right. And even some penguins. Yes, the, the, king, the king penguins are, like, five feet tall. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Not, that's like, a little up. penguin. Yeah. They're really five feet yeah. tall. Is there a hell penguin? <laughs> what, I, seriously, how would you feel right now if a penguin walked in here and looked you dead in the eye? I know. <laughs> like eye level. Right? Yeah. And they put a flipper up like, what? What? Yeah. Do it. You yeah, know, yeah, y'all yeah, better have some fish. Close that door. I would be scared. I would be scared. Yes, yes. If something walked by at my height talking about where's the A train? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's frightening to me that an animal would stand up and just look me in the face and then be like... I know. You don't have to tell me twice about that. That's it would be scary. shorter than you. You could look over it. Yeah, well, it's you know what? It's still pretty close to your height, though. Sometimes my posture's not great, so... Uh, <laughs> you, so you'd have to s- stiffen really up. St- just have to... What if, what if the penguin did the same thing, got another couple inches on you? Oh, yeah. I'd be freaked out. Well, they do have, like, those... Uh, what are they? They're called the monitors... Those lizards, those yeah. big ones down in Florida. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when they stand up, they're like seven feet tall. Why would they stand up? To get you. I feel like it's okay in that situation to just go ahead with an axe. Yeah. At that point, <laughs> because that is a threat. Yeah. Um, late at night, I usually go to the bathroom multiple times, but for the past four days, every time I get up to leave, I can see myself still standing in the mirror from the corner of my eye. Then don't pee. Yeah. <laughs> it's like You are still in bed. It's like the other me is watching me leave the bathroom. Isn't that weird? Making sure you put the seat down, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> it terrifies me to the point that I almost run out without looking directly at the mirror. I never told my husband about it because I don't want to acknowledge it out loud. It's okay. like, all right. So, but it's not unusual, though, for women to be freaked out. And this mm-hmm. is, I'm assuming this is a woman. For women yeah. to be freaked out by going to the bathroom. A lot of my female friends, when they are having a house constructed, they're like, if they want en suite for mm-hmm, that very mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. Right? That's true. Yeah, yeah, because you just don't want to walk out. You don't out know what's out, happening out there in the hallway. It really does get scary, doesn't mm-hmm. it? And especially when you're just, like, still half asleep and yep. you're walking out into the darkness. You're like, yep. I don't know what to expect. I think it's a childhood thing. I my bath, The bathroom in the house that I grew up in was right across the hall from my bedroom. I used to fling myself mm-hmm. over there. And the hallway was, like, maybe four feet wide. Yeah, but you it's know? also scary because you don't know what's going to walk by. Just yep. like you're walking by. Mm-hmm. Any, any, anything else could be walking by. Yeah. Penguin. Hell penguin, <laughs> for example. Okay. Earlier today, I took a nap in our bed while he sat in the chair next to it watching TV. When That's I, weird. 
I know. That's weird enough, There's right? a chair for watching TV in your bedroom? I know. When I woke up, he told me that he had seen me sit up and crawl backwards to the edge of the bed and stand up in front of our bedroom door from the corner of his eye. That got to freak a husband out. Yeah, he thought it was weird that I would get up like that because I'm in the last months of pregnancy and I can't really move so good without hurting, so... Apparently not. So he tried talking to me. Okay. When I didn't answer, he looked at the door to find me not there and still sleeping in bed. I think that it... You know what? I think that he was in a chair next to the room watching TV and he could see Was he guarding the door? Making sure she doesn't get out? (laughs) I know. When I didn't answer, he looked at the door to find me not there and still sleeping in bed. I got really creeped out and finally told him about what I had been seeing in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. He thought it was creepy as well, but didn't want to talk about it anymore because he thinks it will give whatever it is power or energy. I have no idea what it wants and why we both see it. That's bizarre. But crawling backwards out of bed and standing out. Like. Oh, no. That's like paranormal activity. Yeah, I don't like that at all. I don't like that. I yeah, that's like not good. When people like move oddly. Yeah, like in a, in a disjoint, like a disconnected, weird kind of Martha Graham way. Yeah, <laughs> a Merce Cunningham kind of way. I don't yeah. like that. Twilight Tharp. Twilight Tharp. Yeah, right. That's a little better. Yeah. but I don't want to see you know what any else? of that kind of stuff. What do you have? Um, so we're talking about, we're doing ghost stories because of the Japanese tradition of telling ghost stories in the summertime to send shivers down your spine, which cools you off okay. right, from the heat. So I want to talk a little bit about some, some ghosts in Japan, uh, what they are and how you can spot them. Because mm. that might be useful to you. So the first recorded ghost stories date back to the eighth, early 8th century in Japan, uh, and one of the first documented exper- uh, spirits appears in a 10th century novel called The Tale of the Genji. And at that time, this is before Buddhism, um, ghosts, or yuri as they are called, were, con- were considered to be harmless. Okay. Harmless spirits. Uh, or if you saw one, this is 10th century or before. If you saw one, it was considered to be a sign of good fortune. Okay. Like, oh, great, I've seen a ghost. It's like a positive omen. But... Um, Unlike in Western religions, where the ghost is like a shadow of oneself, in that time, the yuri were thought to be like gods. So that your spirit evolves, or whatever essence you have evolves, to become a positive deity after you pass on. But with the coming of Buddhism, uh, the introduction of heaven and hell, supernatural beasts and reincarnations, these ghosts become a little more menacing. A little bit more what we're used to like in Western culture. And the idea is that that uh, under Buddhism that you have a soul and then after you die your soul goes to purgatory where it kind of can either sm- it has to work things out mm-hmm. to get into a good place if this if that works the soul becomes loving and protector of the family right and if it doesn't it becomes like a haunting kind of a, um, a malevolent spirit um, so they're saying why most ghosts don't wander around terrorizing they do haunt in particular ways so these are some of the ghosts there's one called an onryu, which is a vengeful ghost of a person who was wrong during uh, his or her lifetime, and they come back from purgatory for payback. <gasps> oh! So they've gone to purgatory. They're like, oh, I ain't with it. I'm mm-hmm. not done yet. I'm, I'm oh, yeah. coming out. I've got something to. I'm coming say. for you. Yeah. There's the ubume, the ghost of a mother who's died in chi- childbirth, leaving the child behind, or died before the child has died. Doesn't have to be in childbirth. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of bringing wrath, they bring sweetness and longing to take care of children. Oh. So that's kind of like a positive ghost annoying. Okay. There's a guryo, 
A ghost of the era. Of the aristocratic class. Oh. <laughs> well. Oh. Especially one has been martyred. And they're interested mostly in vengeance. Oh, So okay, revenge. Right. Figures. Is there, is there a watchword. Take, word. take, take. Yeah. There's a Funa Yurio. is a ghost of someone who died at sea. Very specific. That's specific. I guess there is like a big culture of. Yeah. Because of the, it's an island nation. There, these ghosts supposedly have scales and some resemble a mermaid. And so in their minds, something like a little mermaid would be more like a ghost. Then there's the Zashiki Warashi, children's ghosts, mischievous and dangerous. Mm -hmm. Samurai ghosts, I mean, come on, that's awesome. They're freaking awesome coming out. And And then a seductress ghost, man or woman, Mm -hmm. is still a seductress. Okay. Uh, That come in and get some action. Who comes back, a vengeful man or woman who comes back. To, to get give, really give it to get you. a post death love affair with a human, so this is like a sec, a succubus, right? A hecubus. Oh right, so, and they take your energy is what they yeah. do, right? Okay, and you know they get romantic mm-hmm. with you. So how to identify these ghosts, right? How to identify the Japanese ghosts? Number one, white clothing. Okay, oh, all right, coming in white. They're depicted in white, uh, usually the white kimono, which is a would be a burial color and would show purity. Um, and they might also have a white triangular piece of fabric on, a shmata, mm-hmm. or maybe wearing a scarf. Black hair. Um, I feel like that's a lot of people. Yeah, you just <laughs> walk around town. And- but usually long, uh, long black hair and disheveled, right? They don't really, they're not into uh, getting themselves together. Uh, traditionally, uh, women in Japan grew their hair long and wore it up. It was let down for the funeral ritual, and, and the ghosts don't do their hair at all. Oh, and no. And they may okay. attack. So it's a lot about the hair. Yeah, a lot about, a lot the, about hair, the white clothing. palette. Color also, palette. hands and feet. Not there. Feet, they don't have any. Hands, they, kind they of, have. They float above. A lot of hands. It makes my hands. They have hands, but their wrists are limp. <laughs> so Why? they're limp wristed with no feet. <laughs> and they just float around. Why do they do that? Why? That's, and when they, they say when they portray them on the stage, even in ancient times, they would have them lifted above the stage a little bit, and the kimono would be long, so you couldn't see the feet. Okay. And then they would have the limp wrists out. Okay. And well, they would float. Around. I guess it would go. They would have a different impact if they had jazz hands. Yeah, it's not the same. <laughs> um. And then, so they're also something that's a will of the wisps, the Hidodama. They're floating flames, blue, green, or purple. And the flames look like little ghost friends, but they're actually separate parts of the spirits. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, so these are some Japanese ghosts that you could watch out for. I've seen some images of, I mean, we're laughing <laughs> at the hands and feet thing, but in the images I've seen of it, it's actually quite scary because there's something about the. The lack of feet and then the... You don't see anything but the hands and the mm-hmm. face, really. And the hands are just limp and haggard looking. And it just has this... But you have the idea that... Because it's a big thing in our culture for ghosts and demons to come at you with their mm-hmm. hands. Yeah. Jazz or not. <laughs> you know? And they're going to ta- attack you. They're going to get you, yeah. But when the thing that's coming at you is limp-wristed... What's going to happen when it gets to you? Oh, I know. Right? That is scary. Yeah. 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 No feet, no hands. So I'm guessing just a bite or I don't, who knows? Something horrific. Right? Now I'm scared a See? little bit. Yeah, yeah. I made that real for you. Okay. You did make you it have? real. And Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Limp-wristed. Mm. All right, everybody. I hope you're tucked in around that campfire. Yeah.
when I was 15, I traveled to Europe with my family. We stayed in German, Germany in a small inn for a few nights. That's horrifying. <laughs> my parents had a double on the second floor. My sisters had a double room next to theirs. I was lucky enough to have a single room all to myself at the far end of the hall. How many, this is an inn, how many rooms are there? I don't know. Then, by the way, I don't like inns. Yes. And when we went to check into our rooms, as soon as I entered the hallway, our rooms were in. I remember almost feeling as though I walked into a, a wall of bad energy, mm-hmm. something like that. I just felt so unnerved and uneasy in that hallway, but I passed it off as an overactive imagination. Okay. I slept... Go ahead. Ignore your instincts. Yeah. See how that'll work out for you. I slept the first night without any issues other than waking up a few times. The next morning at breakfast, one of my sisters mentioned feeling really uncomfortable in the hallway, almost as if the air was crushing. Okay. It unnerved me even more that I wasn't the only one who felt weirded out. Plus, she was an adult at the time, so it further cemented in my head that that wing of the hotel was odd. I like the idea that simply because you're an adult, yeah, your feelings about the supernatural are more real. Yeah, right. You know? Uh, Although they say children are more open-minded right. to those kind of things, right? They could see things that we wouldn't see as an adult because we closed our minds off mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, but sometimes kids, they say things and then you're like, come on. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. You yeah. said it wasn't limp-wristed. Next. <laughs> Later that night, I'm sleeping peacefully. Then at about 2 a.m., I'm woken by something ripping the covers off of me and being jerked about two feet towards the end of the bed by my ankles. Ooh. At first, I thought someone had broken into my room because when I turned towards what had grabbed me... A and huge... was in defeat? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> no. When I turned towards what grabbed me, a huge looming black shape was visible in the darkness like a man was in my room. Ooh. I frantically flipped the lights on, only to have have there have been there, nothing was there. Okay. The window was locked from well, the now, inside. Yeah, yeah. The, the window was locked from the inside. There was no one in the closet or the bathroom, and my room was still locked from the inside. Okay. I stayed up the rest of the night, scared shitless, playing <laughs> games on my computer. Next morning. We're at breakfast. My sister mentioned she was up half the night because she thought she saw a person silhouetted against the wall of the room. Huh? But when she turned the light on, there was no one there. It was just a bizarre and creepy experience. (laughs) See, this kind of stuff never happens in, like, a Hyatt. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is, like, why I'm not into inns. Like, a Westin, I've never had that feeling. Yeah. We checked out that day, and I didn't get to experience anything after that, but it still freaks me out to this day. (sighs) There's nothing worse than... Shadow, seeing shadows. Yeah. So even I, with my lack of beliefs in anything, I, you know, I'm human. And so mm-hmm. when I'm, ha- you know, between awake and asleep, I think, sometimes I think I see something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do too. Yeah. Um, especially because sometimes I like the, the window open. If it's light outside, like the moon is bright, it'll throw shadows. Right. So I thought, okay, one night I think... I was either Greg wasn't home yet or something like that. I was like, I have a little light that's a rock salt mm-hmm. and then it glows if you turn the light on. So I was like, I'll put that on just a little bit. Oh, <laughs> I made it worse. <laughs> Not only is it throwing shadows, it's in front of a mirror. Oh, no. <laughs> and it just made it. So I was like, well, screw that. It's like inviting it. Yeah. In. yeah. I was like, I'll, and I just turned it back. I was like, I'll just deal with whatever's in here. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's But funny. it was just but a really, there's nothing you can do to to stop 
um, seeing things in the shadows. Yes, and also you're a creative person, so yeah. you know you see one thing and then you naturally write a whole story. In yeah, your mind. well, yeah. that's the other thing too. Now I'm awake. Yeah, and terrified <laughs> because inevitably my story is frightening. Yeah, because it's personally frightening to me. Like I've tailored the story to scare me. Yeah, and now I'm stuck with that. So um, I'm cleaning out my mother's house, and there are several things that are old that I'm going to put on eBay to sell. Okay, good for so, you. Which is, which is fine. My siblings and I, we were splitting the money. Okay. Um, <laughs> but one of the pieces, I, there's a lot of old things that are, that's just, you know, some people might find interesting. One is an old Raggedy Ann doll. No. You're not going to put that on eBay, are you? Yeah. Why? What's the matter? I don't know. I feel... Well, I mean, that's the only way to get rid of it. Yeah. Is to have somebody foolishly willing to accept that doll into their lives. Yes. I grew up with a Raggedy Ann and Andy, and I was always trying to get rid of them. And they were always somehow... And it was probably my mom, but I don't care. They were always back in the house. Ugh. And I don't like Raggedy Ann or Andy. Yeah. Neither one of them. <laughs> neither one. But... They can fuck off. So I brought them home, and I was... I, I they're in your apartment? They're in my apartment. Let me know when they're gone. You know... I'm not coming over there. That night, when I went to bed, I woke up at like three in the morning, like, oh my God, Raggedy Ann is in the next room. <laughs> like, <gasps> I woke up like scared. Was it still there? Was it like at the foot of the bed looking saucy? I started thinking <laughs> that I was going to see it at the end of yeah. the bed or next Smoking to the cigarette, bed like, or right. something like yeah. that. You know, and I just woke up scared. I was just like, what have, what have I done? I brought Raggedy Ann. I can't believe you brought it into your house. I know. You have siblings. Have them deal with it. I know. I know. Pack, you know what? Take pictures of it. Package it. Oh, good idea. Take it to a sibling and have, like, when it's ready to, you know, be dealt with, have them print out the label and mm-hmm, send it. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea. I it can't. Was like, <laughs> I just cannot. Terrifying. I don't like dolls. I told you before, when I've gone over to people's houses and they have dolls, they were saying, and I, I put something over that doll, like a shirt, a <laughs> I towel. Know. I know. I'm terrified. I put it in the closet. I don't like that kind of stuff. So speaking of terrifying, the end of the world, Armageddon. We haven't talked about it for a little while. Oh, God. What's happening This is the that? ultimate tale. <laughs> <laughs> their campfires at the party's over. Aren't we in it now, kind of? Um, well, we had 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we also had, well, obviously the year 2000 was Armageddon. 2012 was Armageddon. I think 2016 was Armageddon as well. Yes. Uh, apparently it's coming up again in 2020. Well, figures. Yeah. Right? But because it's a nice round number. Um, so, according to some uh, people who are adherents to Christianity... The heaven, the some form of heavenly encounter. This is very general. Mm-hmm. Will happen in twenty twenty. Um, this is supposed to be brought on by the fact that the Pentagon is in the shape of uh, the five pointed star, which is Satan. Oh right, isn't it? That's what they say. It was the Pentagon. Yeah, but like I don't think they were thinking of it that way. It's five sided. Yeah. It's not a star. Yeah, That'd be yeah, a yeah. different kind of a, a war room. Right, right, right. <laughs> like that doesn't sound like a really defensible way to set up your uh, your room. Uh, they also said the cross is in the shape of the letter T, mm-hmm. uh, which is a twentieth character of the alphabet. The configuration of two crosses. That's a stretch. Come on. The configuration of the two crosses worn on opposite lapels by some clergy. I have never seen any clergy rocking two crosses. No, never. That's a weird um, look. One Jesus piece per clergy member, please. That's it. It's just a bit of flair. And so that can be interpreted as 2020. 
So you've got a cross on one side and a cross Look, on the other side. Look, that's somebody smoking something also, and coming up with an idea. John 2020 All right. <clears throat> refers to disciples seeing the Lord. I think probably a lot of John talks about that as well. Um, they said the pilgrims landed in 1620, 400 years from 2020. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that. All right. Well, that's a big deal. And then the Bible mentions some kind of unfulfilled 400-year prophecy, and but no mention of the pilgrims in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's just like, what happened 400 years ago? Um, so Bill Joy, co-founder and chief scientist of Sun Microsystems, Predicted. I'm like, why are they even taking his prediction? That's like if we came up with something. Yeah. Uh, in 2020 or 2030, uh, it's going to be the end of the world because of robotics, genetic engineering, and the nanotechnology. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Katie and I still can't even text each other from the same room. <laughs> it's going to be the end of I the know, world. I know. Um, and then they're saying in 2022, there's a famous rabbi... Uh, Rabbi Moses Ben Mammon, and I only bring up, he goes by the acronym RAMBAM. That, I like How that, cool RAMBAM. That? Thank you, ma'am. Um, he predicted that in the 12th century, uh, a bright star would appear in the sky just before his return, and that's going to be in 2022. So there's a bunch of, so 2020 might be the year, also 2022, 2023. There's a prophecy in 2024 that there will be meteors falling from the sky, Um uh, so we'll see. I mean, it could be, this could be it, right? 2019. It could be it. So it could be at the very end. Yeah. Live each day as if it were the last day, day. on earth. Now, what do you do? Do you live like a really good life and be like totally pure or just let it rip? I don't know. I, I guess that's up to the individual. Yeah. Most people will probably just get up and go to work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I like that idea that like it's Armageddon. It's like, I don't care. I got to get on the age yeah. right Yeah. Maybe there'll be fewer people. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot more prophecies, but yeah, 2020 is the one that's coming up uh, most recently. Wow. Yeah. Ugh, okay. Yep. It's going to be over. I've got a story here. Okay. Okay. For the last two years, something has been happening to me that I cannot seem to quite understand. I get scared every time it happens because I don't know why it continues to happen to me. It's your period. It's okay. <laughs> I feel like that's like a 13 year old girl. Right? Lately, my money has been disappearing so mysteriously, and it's not something someone anyone is taking. It is more of a something. No, it's not menstruation. I was wrong. Yeah, so, so our money is disappearing, and somebody's taking it. And But it's not a someone. It's a something. Okay. Is there a ghost that needs cash? It all started on the day before my daughter's second birthday. I just finished picking out her outfits and came to my parents' house to talk about the party. I remember setting my purse down on the table in the living room, Mm -hmm. just about to go in the kitchen. And when I just about, was just about to get something out of my bag. And I was just about. (laughs) It was gone. I lost about $200 that day. Where was this again? She was at her, her parents' house. Boom. I know. I was angry, hurt, thinking, how could my family steal from me the day before my daughter's party? I mean, how could they steal from you, period? Yeah, I know. What? 
Why is the timing an issue? Two months later, I went to a gas station to pump some gas. I clearly remember having my wallet with me. And we're just about to pay. (laughs) And on the way back home, I thought I was leaving. I, I thought about leaving my wallet in my car because of what happened with the incident before. I believed I could not trust my family. But when I got back to the car, my wallet was gone. It was not under my seat where I left it. I thought I forgot it at the gas station, but the man had even said he saw me take it. I'm so confused. Is her, was her family in the car? Yeah, well, she's saying, though, like, she was at her family's house, the money's gone. She would left the money, she put her wallet under the seat in her car, and now it's gone. Okay. And her family wasn't there. Yeah. So now it's like, well, I thought my family steals from me. Now, okay. it's, now like, it's just like anyone who saw you leave your stuff in the car. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what I was saying. <laughs> Later on, I started carrying my wallet with me everywhere I went and setting it As down. As the rest of us do. Yeah, and setting it down without me in front of it. But then my money inside my wallet started disappearing. Mm-hmm. So much of my money has been disappearing almost every paycheck that even my family is starting to think how forgetful and that I don't know how to take care of my money. But it's not that. Something is taking my money and I don't know why. Like it's physically being removed from ah, my wallet. Okay. So she left her wallet alone. It was gone. She left it at the house, left it under the car seat. It's gone. She's like, I'm hanging onto my wallet, and the money is still being lifted out. It's still out disappearing. Of it. Yeah. Okay. I've come so maybe, to the conclusion. Maybe use credit. I know. <laughs> I like, like instead of cash. <laughs> I've come to the conclusion it's not my family who's taking it from me, nor my friends, because even when I'm alone, it's still gone. Wow. It keeps That's interesting. I have direct deposit now, but every time I pull out cash, <laughs> direct deposit, and it's gone. <laughs> every time I pull out cash, I would not be able to be able to because this keeps something keeps taking it away from me, and I just want to understand why it's doing it to me. That's so she gets cash yeah, in her yeah. possession, and it's gone. And I was just like, oh, I wonder, the feeling, lady. <laughs> I wonder what that means. Yeah, I, I can. All right, I'm going to try to diagnose this. Mm-hmm. I think that it's either sprites or brownies. Mm-hmm. That's all I can... Something mischievous. Yeah. Like, maybe something. it's like a tokolosh. Yes. The African uh, Sprite. Yeah. Is taking her money. Yeah, she said... I, she. It's been a rough year. She had a debit card. She cashed a check out. Um, yeah, she cashed it. She counted the money and put it... My, she, I counted my money and put the money in my wallet and hid it in the glove compartment. Seven fifty was in my wallet. $750? Yeah, I must admit I was afraid to leave my wallet. I didn't want to think about it. <laughs> and when she went back to it, there was, it was only gone. $15 left. What? Why did they leave yeah. 15 I kept thinking gas? about what I've done to the spirit to, to keep doing this to me. And the fact that it's only happening to me, not anybody else. Please help me. So my know. question is... When's the last time you had $750 cash in your wallet? Well, she cashed. Like, no, I'm asking check, you. Yeah. Oh, like, I don't when's do that, yeah. Like, I never have that much cash. No. Maybe a 200 bucks. If, I'm go- if I know I'm going, say we're going out with a mm-hmm. group of people and it's going to be expensive and I know that cash is going to be. An easier way to get, the, like, then, get out of there. Then I'll do it. Or if I'm at a casino. Mm-hmm. But at no other point, I think the last time I had that much money in my, my pocket in cash, I can remember. Mm-hmm. It was 1994. My mom wired me some money because I had to put down a deposit on an apartment mm-hmm. in Seattle. Um, and I remember I was only going eight blocks, but man. Were those the scariest It, it eight was blocks? like one of those movies with, uh, what's the movie where they have to transport the prisoner a few blocks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how I felt. Yeah. 
Like, I felt like everybody on the street wanted my little lousy $800. I know. I know. It's like if they only knew about this $800. Meanwhile, though, people were probably just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, exactly. No, but there's, uh, I think, um, sometime, who was it? Shirley MacLaine wrote a book about all this, like, different phenomena that would happen to her. And she said that there was a guy named an entity named Tom who would come from another d- dimension. And Why was he moved- named Tom? <laughs> I mean, what's happening in this dimension? They don't have any kind of creativity whatsoever. <laughs> Tom. But he would come by and take things and move them. And, like, take things from her apartment and then, then bring them back in another location and stuff. So, like, Tom would do this. Oh, I would like it if she said he would remove something and then put it right back. <laughs> And it was like you wouldn't even notice it was there. Like that throw cushion was there, and then it was there. <laughs> That's I feel like Shirley MacLaine could wait, could make that work. Yeah, you know, like, no way. Yeah, but there also uh, this cup of this cup of coffee was hot. <laughs> I went away. I came back cold. <laughs> like Tom. Tom. Again. Yeah, but there's other you things. rascal. Like in The Sixth Sense, they said the, the grandmother. I haven't seen it yet. Don't. Oh, no. Spoiler alert. Okay. Dead Spoil- people. <laughs> no, they said the, the boy who sees ghosts, mm-hmm. he sees dead people, says he sees his grandmother. Okay. And. Um, At what point in the movie did you figure out that what was going on? I didn't. Okay. I was, it's like I was the, young and innocent. I remember it's like the crying game where I saw the poster. I was like, hey, who's this dude? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. Okay. I, I didn't know. I was just a baby from the suburbs. Okay. I had no no knowledge of such things. And then, uh, no, it's just like the grandmother comes by and moves the bumblebee necklace because she likes it and she just likes to hold it and play mm-hmm. with it or whatever. Sorry if it upset you. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Well, that's not a big point of the movie. <laughs> I know, I'm afraid of ruining a movie from no, 1996 for everybody. <laughs> also, they killed the mother of dragons. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. No. No, but I, it, so it could be from an entity from another dimension. Okay. Being, coming in, doing it. It could be a spirit. Okay. That has, is being full of mischief that they know or mm-hmm. don't know. Okay. Yeah, but how do you cure this? I mean, I think this woman needs to really look into her relationship with money. Because mm-hmm. I think that's where the, that's the crux of this thing. Mm-hmm. Is that she's got some issue with either she feels she doesn't deserve the money or like she literally money is like falling through her hands. Mm-hmm. Or is that she did, some, maybe she feels like she did something and she has to pay for she, it. Oh yeah, she needs to pay the price. Yeah. That kind of thing. That's interesting. Mm. I know it was like kind of weird. Yeah. I don't have, I'm one of those people who I'm very, and I think you're like this too, very particular about where I put things. Like, I know where everything is all the time. Yes. And when I can't find something, it creates, like, a major crisis of conscience for me. Yeah. Because I'm like, how could I be so fill-in-the-blank, whatever it is, as to have misplaced something? Mm-hmm. It's a rare occasion that I do. And if I started noticing over time that things were disappearing, mm-hmm. I think I might start to question my, my mental state. Yeah. I mean, like, am I too tired? Am I distracted? Not like, am I having anxiety or depression or anything? But you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like, what's going on that I can't remember? Yeah. So there are a couple of times um, during the last semester when I kept leaving, forgetting to lock my door, mm. which is something that... Your apartment door? Yeah. Oh, my I God. never... No. 
do. And I did it like three times in a row. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm not. I need to get back on the coffee. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> that's a I mean? scary that's thing. Like, yeah. But that's like a weird thing. Like, I would go back and lock it. Mm-hmm. But it was like. So something is happening in your routine. Yeah. Like when I walk, when I go to leave in the morning, I have, I, before I even pass the threshold. Okay. I hold my keys in my hand and I squeeze them. I'm just imagining you at the threshold. Like, <laughs> no. squeeze. No, before I leave, I'm like, I squeeze them. I'm like, keys are in my hand. Did and your then, door lock behind you? No. Okay. But I always, I'm afraid that like when I turn the knob, I'll accidentally lock it. I always, I've had a... <laughs> Do I sound? How do you do that? I don't know. I have a. I've had a couple of friends in my lifetime who, and it's all only the most disorganized people have the kind of doors that lock without a key. Oh yeah, right. And I'm like, you need to change this. Yeah. Because those are the those are the people who they're constantly locking themselves out, and then you realize it's because they're you know they have that one out of twenty door mm-hmm. that locks behind you without a key. Yeah. No. And no, like, because when I walk out, I have the, the habit where I, I walk out, I flick the lock on mm-hmm. the doorknob behind me, shut it, and then get the bolt. Yeah. So it takes all of just a second to and have that. And you do it without even thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, so I always squeeze my keys in to my make hand sure that to make you sure I have them. Yeah, yeah my, and, and in addition to the couple times where I've not locked the door, which is very rare, sometimes I go back and check anyway. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, it is locked. And then I think, how could I forget to lock the door? You know what I mean? Because it happens automatically. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. not saying it's paranormal. Could be Tom. Yeah, probably Tom. <laughs> it's probably Tom unlocking it. Yeah. But the thing is, things come from different dimensions, and for some reason, they'll from come the to get you. <laughs> <laughs> from the key dimension. From the key and lock dimension. Yeah. So I found some some interesting things here. They They were tales, and then through investigation, these were found to actually be real animals that exist. Okay. So these are what? animals that people thought were cryptozoids or ghosts, demons from the paranormal, mm-hmm. and they're actually just regular, regular animals. Um, one of them is the kangaroo. So the kangaroo... What? ...was uh, obviously just white people thought right, this, right? Because right? Right, right. obviously aboriginals were like, really, guys? Mm-hmm. Um, so early explorers in Australia would come back, like... Um, European explorers, and described this bizarre creature. Um, they wrote, or bizarre creatures, they wrote about creatures with heads like deer. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is what they're coming back with. It had a head like a deer, and it stood upright on hind legs. Oh, my God. And hopped like a frog. Sounds frightening. Sometimes when we see these creatures, it has two heads. One on its shoulders and one in its stomach. Oh, God. Right? That sounds terrifying. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So these kind of accounts were disregarded and people made fun of them. And then that changed in the 1770s when a dead specimen was exhibited in England as a public curiosity. We now know this today to be the very common kangaroo. Really? So are we going to find ghosts and put them on I display? I have no idea. And they had, uh, and then they started doing more you know, research on them and they found that there are many kinds of them. Now, I have never seen a kangaroo in the wild. I have never found them cute. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen them in captivity, and I've seen uh, videos and things like that of them. And I, there's nothing cute about that at all. No. And if you did not know about this creature, and you were to see something like that in the dark. True. True. You're right. You know? And they're tall. Again, they're much tall. like the hell penguin. They're <laughs> tall. They're certainly taller than me. 
And again, they are not cute. Just like deer are not cute if you if you run up on them the wrong way. Yeah, right. Like, we have really, uh, maybe a baby deer is cute and a baby kangaroo is cute, but a full-on, like, a grandfather kangaroo is not cute. You're the right. The teeth are sharp, the claws are sharp, it stands up, and it hops like a frog. So, yeah, this was a... a it's a, You know what? It is a big animal to do all that. They're, they're, really, they're very, very, very large. All right, here's, here's another one. Um, the Komodo dragon was also thought to be a tail from their campfire. Mm-hmm. So, um, and uh, by the earliest 20th century, Western science had determined that lizards were nothing more than the past. So they said there are no large lizards since the dinosaurs. That's it. We haven't seen them. And we're a bunch of white mm-hmm. dudes. So we know. Then when pearl fishermen returned from uh, islands in Indonesia, they had tales of a monstrous land crocodile. People were like, what do you, how? Really? A land crocodile. A land crocodile. Like, what? what do you know? You only live here. Yeah. And then they had an expedition from a zoo that reported that the the creatures were just the uh, legendary dragons of Komodo that faded into obscurity as World War I took precedent. So these were giant lizards. Uh, They grow up to 10 feet, making it the largest lizard in the world. They possess massive claws and fangs, and they can kill almost anything, including humans and water buffaloes. Oh, get out. A water buffalo they're the ones that have the, the... bacteria in the mouth Mm. so if they can just basically bite you scratch the surface of your skin even a little bit get a good lick on you all they have to do is wait and you're you're until you die and it can it could take you some time yeah but what's the rush you're you're not going anywhere so if you're being followed by a komodo dragon you should know that your days are numbered well they're simply waiting for you to fall from the infection wow how long does it take you to it could be days so that it just acts pretty quickly then the infection and then it'll take you. Um, so it once it once you are infected with it, I don't know if there's any treatment from it. Maybe there is by now, but um, it's the bacteria and it gets into your body and it slowly. I think it stops the wounds from healing, but then it slowly affects the rest of your body. Okay, and they merely just wait. They follow you around. I don't know they hang outside your hotel or whatever your Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Wasn't it Sharon Stone's husband got his toe bit off by one? Oh, my goodness. Did he make it? Yeah. Okay, so they had to amputate. They probably had to amputate something. Yeah, I'm sure. To stop the venom from spreading. So, yeah, there there are a couple of other creatures on here, too. The okapi, right? Uh, The giant panda is one. And then there was a very um, kind of disturbing, a sea serpent. And it's an oarfish. And apparently, the largest one that they've ever found was 56 feet in length. <gasps> exactly. 56 yes, feet? Yes, that is, that is 10 me. That's me lying end to end with a half of me on the end. Oh, my God. 56 feet. How crazy is that? So, that- people thought, you know, this is a sea serpent of some kind. And to which I said, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to be... In the water, getting passed by anything for that long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I want something to rush past me. I don't want to be going past be for, like, little. two minutes. Yeah. It's like a parade. <laughs> it's one, a parade of one. Yeah, a parade of one. 56 feet long. It's terrifying. Yeah. The oarfish. All right, what do you have? Okay, I have another tail. This is our last one. <laughs> if you're still gathered around, you might yes, want to gather, gather, around gather even tighter. More. For the final tale of the evening, morning commute. Mm-hmm. However you do. Okay. 
One day, when my daughter was two, we were having a typical terrible twos moment. She was throwing a bit of a tantrum for about five to ten minutes, and we couldn't That's get... That's too long. I know. And I we couldn't left, left the room by that time. And we couldn't get her under control. We would have just... I'm out. People ask me, what do you do when I watch people's kids? They're like, what do you do? You have a temper tantrum. I say, I move things away from them. I step over them, and I go on my business mm. until they're done. They usually pass out. At some point, she rather suddenly stopped and started staring at the wall. Then she started lightly giggling. It was weird. (laughs) One second she's crying and screaming, the next she's smiling and happy. Then she starts saying, funny lady, over and over. Like, hello, funny lady. (laughs) That kind of thing. (laughs) Like a Jerry Lewis type of situation. (laughs) We asked her who she saw, and she pointed to the wall and said again, the funny lady. Tip your server. (laughs) When we asked her to describe... Who she saw, she described my deceased grandmother. I mean, exactly described her. She never met her. I don't think she ever seen a picture of her, and not that a two-year-old could remember their picture. Was she funny, your grandmother? <laughs> Did she have jokes? I am not much a believer in the paranormal, but I know for sure that my daughter got a chance to meet my mom, and that makes me happy. When I tell the story to my parents, they don't seem as shocked as I was. When I tried to get a response from them, they looked at me and said, I guess you don't remember that you met your deceased grandfather when you were three the same exact thing happened to you 30 years ago that's weird that's kind of not don't weird remember, but you met your deceased grandfather when you were three mm. Mm. let's see one more yeah okay my daughter was four years old when we lived in our last home i was a single mom at the time so it was just she and i alone in the in the home i always got an uncomfortable feeling in her home, particularly the closet area, but never thought much of it until one evening, one evening I had to put her to bed and I was doing chores and I walked by her room and I heard her whispering. Mm-hmm. I listened for a bit. I think she was, she was talking to herself, but it definitely was a two way conversation with her saying, uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh, okay. <laughs> and stuff much. like that. <laughs> I walked in and asked who she was talking to. She smiled uncomfortably and said, no one. I took her out in the hall, and she wouldn't say anything, but I could tell she was afraid. Finally, we went outside the house, and she said there was a man in her room who didn't want us in the house, and he told her this, and to tell her mom t- to leave. Yeesh. I moved out about a month later. She has not had an episode like that since. Wow. I mean, either one, there's paranormal stuff. This, this kid was not really liking this apartment. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and the, and the, the other kids were like, here's how you do it. Yeah. We're living in a house now. Yeah. That could be you, yeah. Abigail. That could be you. Yeah. All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed our tales from their campfire. Yes. And, all right. Happy spooky summer. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Hey You Know It. Stay in touch with us during the week. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Tumblr. Go to iTunes and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it on an upcoming show regardless of content. As always, we love your emails. Send us an email at heyyouknowit at gmail.com with your comments, questions, and segment ideas. Emails will also be read on upcoming shows. Please tell your friends about us because you know we don't advertise. And let them know we can be found on iTunes at stitcher.com and at heyyouknowit.com. Thanks. Thanks.